Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. What does the following description sound like to you? This is in the Bible. Just think about what this conjures up in your mind. A white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him. Does that not sound quite righteous and pure? The color white is often associated with purity, clean robes. And so this white horse could be associated that way. And then this man has a crown. So we're talking about some kind of royalty, right? Well, actually, this is the first horseman of the apocalypse in Revelation chapter 6. And this horseman pictures worldwide religious deception. It's no wonder that the whole world is deceived by a picture like this. A white horse, a man riding that horse, wearing a crown. It seems so righteous, so pure, and yet it's anything but. This description is quite similar to the description of Jesus Christ in Revelation chapter 19. That's why it is so deceptive. Revelation chapter 19 describes Jesus Christ in a similar way. And yet there are some notable differences. Revelation 19 verse 11. And I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he does judge and make war. So Christ is actually righteous. Revelation chapter six talks about the first horseman of the apocalypse going forth to conquer. So both of these are even making war. Yet only one is Jesus Christ. The other one is a fraud. There are plenty of similarities, but one big difference between these two is that Jesus Christ wields a sword while the first horseman of the apocalypse wields a bow. So for those who are discerning, for those who are aware, it is possible to tell the difference between Jesus Christ and the first horseman of the apocalypse, this worldwide religious deception. Revelation 12 verse nine says the whole world is deceived. Satan, the devil has deceived everyone. 
everyone you see, everywhere you look, has been deceived, with very few exceptions. A huge way that Satan is able to deceive the whole world is through his great false church, his counterfeit church. You can see how that church started in Acts chapter 8 with Simon Magus. We have a lot of information about that in our free book, The True History of God's True Church. You can get yourself a copy at thetrumpet.com. But Simon Magus lusted for power and he attempted to purchase God's Holy Spirit. He wanted that power so that he could control people. Notice here another description of this religious deception, now more specifically this one church that Satan uses to deceive. Revelation chapter 17, and then here in verse 3, it says, And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast. What is that all about? This is a vivid description here throughout chapter 17. And, here, and we have a woman sitting upon a beast. The woman, anytime a woman is mentioned in the Bible, is talking about a church. It could be talking about God's true church or a false church. So anytime a woman is used in an analogy, it's talking about a church. And then what about this beast? Well, the beast is a political national empire power. So you have this dangerous church state combine here in revelation chapter 17 and the woman rides the beast. She is controlling the beast. It's so fascinating to read the history of the Catholic church with the Holy Roman empire. That is literally what that empire is called throughout history. You can learn a lot more about this in many of our materials at thetrumpet.com. The Holy Roman Empire in Prophecy, Germany and the Holy Roman Empire, for example. But this woman somehow controls the beast going back into the early part of really like the, the 1000s AD and even hundreds of years before that, somehow a church on this earth exhibited strong political pull. And this church has always been obsessed with money and power and conquering the Western civilization 
textbook here at Herbert W. Armstrong College in Edmond, Oklahoma, is constantly giving updates on the Catholic Church through the centuries. This textbook talking about Western civilization, talking about nations largely in Europe and a little bit beyond that as well. And yet repeatedly, this textbook has to inform us of what is going on with one church. Just one church. Doesn't that seem strange to you? That a church could be so relevant in politics, in wars between kings of England and France and Italy and Germany. Why is a church involved in that? But they are. And it's interesting, too, how many times the Catholic Church and the Holy Roman Empire clashed. You could, you could understand why some emperors would not be too interested in forfeiting some of their power to the Catholic Church. And so there would be clashes. And the Catholic Church is located within Italy, but essentially it has its own nation within a nation. And its own, its own defense forces and lots of income from many nations. And so it does have power and, of course, billions of followers now. And those followers were able to put pressure on their home nations. And at times in history, they've been able to bend the knee of the emperor and force the emperor to submit. The Catholic Church many times has had a stranglehold on nations in this world. The church has been in charge. The woman rides the beast. There have been times in this history where the Catholic church would ensure that certain descendants of a royal line were executed so they could no longer take the throne of the empire. There were times where the emperor would exile the Pope. And so there is this power struggle that's constantly taking place between the church, between the empire. Again, it just does not seem like the place of a church to be involved with these things. Chapter 3 of the King of the South booklet, written by Philadelphia Church of God Pastor General Gerald Flurry, and available to you for free at thetrumpet.com, is titled The Last Crusade. Chapter 3, The Last Crusade. He writes here, The Crusades were a series of Roman Catholic holy wars 
to wrest control of the Holy Land from the Muslims. They produced some of the bloodiest battles in history. Did you ever wonder how the Catholics reconcile that holy slaughter with the Bible, which states, you shall not kill? Or how they can read the Sermon on the Mount and still lead the religious world in spilling rivers of blood? They are called the Christian Crusades. That label itself is a deception. They were primarily Catholic Crusades. Other Christians, other Christian religions have their problems, but let's not blame them for what the Catholics did and will do. And will do? So this is not just a relic of history? This conflict between empire and church? These bloody crusades that killed millions? You're saying that's not over yet? Well, your Bible foretells of one more worldwide struggle. One more world war to end all wars, finally. And a huge part of this war will be the Holy Roman Empire blitzing and wiping out the King of the South, after which this booklet is named. The King of the South, radical Islam led by Iran. But I just think this history should give us some valuable context for what we can expect in the future. History does repeat itself. That is an obvious fact of history. There are cycles of history. History is impacted by strong men. These are not just random forces. Larger than life characters push and pull history according to their design. And yet God oversees all of that and it all fits within his larger plan. So Mr. Flurry gives some of this history here in chapter three of the King of the South booklet. Some of this violent history of the great false church, this counterfeit church that has deceived billions of people. This church that looks so righteous, like they have the best of intentions and motives. Yet, what are the fruits? Mr. Flurry asked this question too. What are the fruits? Are we going to be tricked by flowery language? Kind sounding words? Or will we look at the fruits? AD 622, the Catholics fought and were defeated in a crusade against the Persians and the Jews. Mr. Flurry is explaining this history. Some 60,000 Catholics were killed and 35,000 enslaved. The fall of Jerusalem left the Catholic world shocked and mourning. This is another 
key part of the Crusades, of this violent history. It all revolves around Jerusalem. Why? Why Jerusalem? That might be a hard question for plenty of people out there to answer. Why Jerusalem instead of Constantinople or Moscow? Those were some important cities back at this time. Well, God has chosen Jerusalem. God will soon rule the entire world and then the entire universe from Jerusalem. Jerusalem is named and described and prophesied about from the beginning of the Bible to the end. It's even highly likely that that the Garden of Eden was in the location of Jerusalem today. Jerusalem is so important to God. And so Jerusalem is also important to the devil. This city of peace has been transformed into the most violent, bloody city in world history. That is no coincidence. And so much of this bloodshed and warfare has been led by popes who call themselves names like innocent and pious. They literally take those words as part of their names. Quite the contrast to what they actually do. On page 54 of the King of the South, Mr. Fleury writes, Pope Urban II unleashed a savage Catholic army and started these later crusades. So now they're trying to get revenge after the deaths of 60,000 Catholics back in AD 622. And what united these European armies was the cross. This symbol, this symbol of idolatry, really. And yet, all of these Europeans, these Catholics, were motivated to pillage and rape and plunder and murder in the name of religion. This type of thinking, this lust for power and money and land was at the heart of the Catholic Church. To, now, to me personally, <laughs> this history of the Catholic Church at a lot of the times is pretty laughable. Like just to read about 
a pope inserting himself into the middle of a war between nations and excommunicating one of the kings or (laughs) taking the side of one king, meddling in the politics of a nation, trying to overthrow the ruler of a nation. And I just think, who, who does this church think they are to be involved like that? But really, it does have devastating results. It's not, it's not a humorous matter. It's just, are they serious? Do they really think this is the job of a church of God? Hard to believe that. Page 55, Mr. Flory wrote, History proves the Catholic Church to be one of the most militant institutions ever created. It does not believe in a democratic philosophy. It has routinely and often converted people by the sword. And yet this world seems unwilling to hold it accountable for its war crimes. Well, the truth is that history has been obscured for the most part. The, the proper amount of blame is not placed on the church for motivating these crusades. Even, even when you read the history of these crusades, a lot of the times the historians will say, well, this king wanted to go on a crusade. This king led a crusade. And they don't get back to the real core of it, that the church was behind it all. The church was even deeply involved with the Nazis and helping them escape into South America at the end of World War II. And the Pope was always meddling in Italy and Germany at that time, giving his support to Mussolini and Hitler. But of course, in just enough of a subtle and behind-the-scenes way, that not enough people noticed. Today, the Catholic Church does get quite a lot of criticism, but not for this bloody history. The Catholic Church is ridiculed for hypocrisy in many areas. They are scorned for, well, their, their perverted history of priests being pedophiles and that is something definitely worthy of exposing but what about these wars what about the fact that this church has been involved in the deaths of millions of people no one talks about that part of it and again history repeats itself this is the most important problem to expose within this great false church. The church continues to this day to be involved in world politics. And it still wants to exert power. It still wants to have control. And very soon it will. Very soon it will ride the beast 
one more time. A unified Europe led by Germany, but really led by the church, the Catholic church will ravage the world one more time. Mr. Fleury writes here on page 56, the Crusades created rivers of blood and it was all done in the name of God. Now that's not just on the Catholic side, that's on the Muslim side as well. The Jews were involved too. All of this war, this war and slaughter God's church, his one true church, is peaceful. It is separate from politics. These false religions are co the complete opposite. Page 58, Muslim and Jewish inhabitants of Jerusalem were slaughtered like pigs. And all of this was done by Catholics who presumably became more righteous in the process. That's right. The Pope told these crusaders it would be to their credit if they killed, if they slaughtered, if they destroyed. That's exactly how the Bible describes the devil. Not Christians, not Christ. Christ tells us to love our enemies, even die for them, not kill them, Mr. Fleury writes. How do you square that with the Crusades? Is it any wonder that so many people are so alienated by religion today when this is the bloody result? And again, they're called Christian crusades, even though they were Catholic crusades. Everyone gets lumped in. Now, of course... Talking about this is not meant to be hateful in any way. The ultimate blame goes on the devil for deceiving the whole world. And he is the one who controls the church that controls the beast power. And he is the one who will spark World War III. We have to really put the, the ultimate blame on the devil for this. Page 67, as bad as this news is, it leads to the best news this world has ever heard. That's right. And even that revolves around Jerusalem. Jerusalem restored. Jerusalem cured of this cancer of violence. Finally, there will be a time when Jerusalem experience, experiences peace. They will 
be relieved of all of this bloodshed. That's certainly a time we can look forward to. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.